Welcome to season six of One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents and therapists. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm Anna. I'm a mom, a therapist, a group practice owner, a parent coach, and an author. And I'm her daughter and a kick-ass high school student. Each week, we'll discuss a different topic that is relevant to your family and your life as a parent. And we'll also interview some amazing guest experts. Our goal is to provide an interesting and informational resource for busy parents. We're also offering the perspective of a teen. So tune in every Wednesday. Crushed it. Hello, welcome back to One Day You'll Thank Me. My name is Dr. Tara Egan, and my trusty sidekick, Anna, is not with me today because she is on more college visits. So I miss her because she's all the way down in Louisiana with her boyfriend which I don't think she would love me sharing, but it's just the reality. If she's going to ditch us on this podcast, I might as well tell everybody where she is. So we're going to do this without her, but we have a special guest today. And I know I say that every time, like every time I'm like, oh, this is a special guest. But like this time it's like an extra special guest um, because this is one of my new associates as part of my therapy practice. And she's here to talk about her background, gives perspective on the type of work she does. She can share what it's like to have me as her supervisor. So it'll be amazing. But anyway, her name is Madison Gabriel, and she is a nationally certified licensed clinical mental health counselor associate. That's a lot of words. She got her bachelor's degree from Wake Forest University in psychology with a double minor in sociology and neuroscience. Her goal was to understand her clients holistically from their minds to their culture, and she completed her master's of science from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, which is one of the schools that Anna's visiting this fall. So I just want to say that. Now she's excited to begin working with clients here in Charlotte. So she just moved here from Tennessee to Charlotte. So I'm hoping that she's having a good experience. She is certified in trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy and is currently pursuing licensure as a registered play therapist. So that is a big addition to my practice because I am not a play therapist. So to be able to offer this additional service and this additional modality is like a huge win for me. Um, She really tailors her approach to each client and their needs relying on like I mentioned, the therapy modality of play therapy, but also the CBT and the person-centered approach. So she's here to talk to us today. Thank you, Madison, for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) We have been busy bees over the last, I think you've been here like three weeks now, right? Week three or four? four uh, Yeah, this is the end of week four. Okay. So we're in the, the process of having you build up your practice while we're trying to transition from the office space that I had, you know, like in my Mm -hmm. solitary solo practice to now this like six office suite where Mm -hmm. we get to have colleagues like us, our team and additional colleagues in the space with us. We're becoming great friends with Mr. Dennis, who is our project manager for the construction project. Mm -hmm. I feel like I he's he's super warm and friendly and he talks to us like every day absolutely i love speaking with him he always has a fun story from his construction work or just he makes comments here and there that also is just it's great i i love having him walking through all the time (laughs) he's kind of a hoot (laughs) yeah this morning i was carrying in so you know how you have the crappy desk chair right now Yes. So I took it from your office and rolled it outside to my car and then put one of the new chairs, like the box in the rolly chair and then rolled it back into my office. And then and he sees me come out to the car and open up the trunk. And then I go to put the chair on the rolly stool and he like, it like rolls away. So he's in his truck, like on the phone. He's like, Miss Tara, Miss Tara, I'll help you with that. I was like, no, it's actually really light. I was just like, it was just too awkward for me to carry. So I got it on the chair, rolled it back to my office and then was able to put it together because I wanted to see if I liked that. Because like getting a little bit of a reputation for buying stuff for the office and then like thumbs down and then it's like we return it and try again. (laughs) 
every day there is an enormous stack. Like I came in last night and I opened the front door and it's like all these boxes, like in front of the door. I, and you know, the whole entryway is filled and my husband's like, it's really getting embarrassing because the Amazon driver comes, you know, it's the same person every day. And he like looks at my husband, like, why don't you control your spouse? (laughs) And so my husband's like, it's not me. It's my wife. And I'm like, well, did you tell him I'm opening an office? Like, this isn't like indicative of shopping addiction. It's not just for fun. This is, this is for business. This is work. Yeah. This is work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've gotten some good experience pa- helping to paint. Yeah. You put together all a bunch of furniture. Your office is looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about the office. I ordered all the decorations last night. So hopefully that will come in soon and I'll really get to make it look very comfortable. And, and mm-hmm. I saw you did get a curtain rod. I did. I did. I had to uh, ask very nicely the people at Target to see if they could check in the back before I went on a scavenger hunt for this curtain rod because that's the one that I wanted. And did they have it? They did. They did. They had it in the right size, which was great because they only had it in the smaller size at first. And I was like, no. Yeah. It wasn't going to work. found it. Yeah. I didn't when I, because I only went into your office to get the rolly chair. And so I saw it out of the corner of my eye that it was there, but I didn't go close Mm. and look to see if it was the one you had wanted. No, it is. It is. is I'm very, very excited about it. Well, I will have Pete, our trusty handyman husband, put it up this weekend. And I'm incorporating my son. He's coming, I think, on Saturday and helping put together Ikea shelves and move furniture. And he'll probably do some of the edging work and all of that. So, yeah, he gets a chance to earn some money. Yeah. And this time it won't be us hauling the Ikea shelves across the parking lot. That was not me. I was too ambitious. I was like, come on guys, we got four of us here. We're going to carry this, you know, biggest Ikea shelf that you can buy fully assembled, but we didn't tape close to the drawers. So they're flopping open across the parking lot. And then we got what? I think like over halfway. Say I would venture a guess of about two thirds of the way, if not three quarters. We yeah. were we, the office was in sight, yeah. And then our wonderful Dennis came and Save offered today. his truck. Yes, but I do think it was a wonderful bonding experience between the four of us because yeah. we all sweated a lot that day. I know, <laughs> I know. We I think all of us had bruises on our thighs from like when we'd be like, hang on, I got to get a different grip. And then you like prop it up on your thigh. And then the next day, Lacey was like, my thighs are bruised. And I was like, oh man. And then I looked that night and I was like, my thighs are bruised. So anyway, it's awesome. It's going to be an awesome space. We're going to have an open house so that, you know, uh, you know, our colleagues can come and check out the space. We are planning to be officially like doors open, not in the old space by November 1st. I know. And we are putting pictures on Instagram too. Yes, we are. So right now it's kind of like a bunch of pictures at its like crappy estate, (laughs) like boxes and ladders and dust. Mm -hmm. And just to really show all the work that you're putting in Tara. That's, well, I know I love to see before and after. Like, yes, I'm in. Sometimes people do that where they're like, "We were, where were you doing in our our kitchen?" And I'm like, I love the updates. I have this one friend, Crystal O'Gorman. She posted all of these before pictures of her kitchen, and then she posted like some of the after, like when the cabinets were in, but the countertop wasn't in. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel really unsatisfied because she never did the yeah. completed ones. So Come on, Crystal. we're not, that's not going to be us. We're going to, we're going to show the completed ones. Oh, for sure. We're, you, they're going to get sick of us showing yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Those. They're mm-hmm. not, they're going to love it. So go to Egan counseling. What's our Instagram called Egan counseling. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so people should go there and look at the before in medium pictures. And then we're going to mm-hmm. keep progressing into the after pictures. And also just to learn more about our services, because as I said in the intro, like I'm a big fan of the fact that we have been able to expand into the service of offering play-based therapy, because that is such a good modality for kids who are a little bit younger 
who maybe have a little bit of nervousness or apprehension about the whole therapy process, kids who might have a hard time struggling or might have a hard time being, I don't know, maybe like self-reflective about what's happening internally and they can demonstrate their their emotions through play. Like, do I have that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's an, a chance for children to express themselves the way that they naturally do so, which is through play a lot of times. As we get older, we can articulate our emotions and our thoughts and have that, at least the capacity to self-reflect on our behaviors. But when you're a child, you your brain physically is not developed to the point where you can really do that. So play therapy really leans on a child's natural developmental level in order to still achieve those goals that we might have as adults, which could be emotional regulation, or it could be, you know, behavior modification or communication skills, coping skills, all those wonderful things that we talk about with anyone, but kids can do it. It's just the delivery looks a little bit different in terms of the way it happens in the therapy space. So when you were going to graduate school and you're learning about, you know, you're obviously there to, to, to get a counseling degree, like how did you lean towards play therapy? Like what, what, what about it appealed to you? So I didn't know that I originally wanted to do play therapy. I knew that I wanted to work with kids. So the University of Tennessee Knoxville counseling program specializes in youth populations. So I was thinking more middle school, teens, maybe some younger kids, but I didn't really know how that worked at that point. But some uh, one of the professors, uh, Dr. Jeff Cochran, he is one of the professors at University of Tennessee Knoxville, and he and his wife, Dr. Nancy Cochran, are both very accomplished play therapists. They've written a textbook and he has a class that he teaches once every two years. Mm. So it is very difficult to get into this class. And I saw it and I said, hmm, I think this is definitely something I should at least check out. And the class closed almost immediately. And so I was doing everything that I could to get into the class. And we started to take it and it just kind of clicked for me of this is awesome. This is really cool. And even though we were practicing with our peers, not children, it was still even as adults, we all like self-reflected these feelings of, I felt kind of like I did when I was actually seven years old. Mm. This was really weird. And we got that practice. And then when I started my internship, I started using it because there were other people who were trying to get their RPT license, registered play therapist. And my supervisor told me, she was like, your face lights up every Mm. single time. You start to talk about your client's who are going through play therapy with you. And it's just, it's so incredible to watch a child go from someone who's maybe unsure of themselves or someone who has poor behavior, but you can tell it doesn't really enjoy the poor behavior to this shift that happens where they just, they become calmer or more inclusive or more self-confident or any, you know, any sort of, positive change that happens. It's incredible to watch because realistically what you're doing is you're sitting and you're engaging with this child on their level for 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a week. And, you know, for however many weeks they need. And it's just, it's so powerful to watch these children do that work on their own with me there, but more as a supportive figure, not the one driving the therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. It's interesting because, you know, with my background, I have a doctorate in school psychology and, you know, we're so much more directive and it's, you know, it's very data based and we are doing a lot of strategy development. And, you know, in my 22 years of experience, it's been incredibly helpful. But for now, for our clients to have a choice and be able to think about, okay, we're going to find the the right fit therapist at this practice and we can help guide parents based on what their child's needs are or the personality is, or just really what's like in line with that family's perspective or belief system. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm super proud of the fact that we're, we're expanding like we are. And I know that you're putting together your, your playroom right now. And so it's so neat to see, like, you're like, hey, let's get these toys. And I know you're collaborating with like your supervisor. And then 
you know, I know with you being new to Charlotte, like I'm lucky enough to know several of the play therapists around town who you can collaborate with and, and you guys can learn from each other. And I think, gosh, you are so new and yet you're still starting to build your client list. And I feel like the, at least the clients that I've heard about so far, are like these little cuties that you get to, to interact with. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I, you know, my youngest client right now is three and a half years old. I play therapy can go all the way down to two years old. So I start my client age at two and it really just depends on their verbal skills to determine if they'd be a good fit for the modality. Because even though it's very play-based, there is an aspect of communication that has to go on. So just need to make sure that they are at a developmental level where they can really benefit from that particular modality. Yeah. So my youngest is three and a half, but my oldest client right now is actually 17. So obviously we're not doing play therapy because that's definitely not the right fit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, it's, it's so wonderful getting that mix of clients between having the three and a half year olds. I have a few other ages in between. So I, I love working with kids, but I also love working with those you know, children who are middle school age or teenagers, or I also do work with young adults and parents. And I do a lot of parent work in my play therapy because it's about half play therapy with the children and half skills building with parents. So we talk about emotional regulation or behavior modification, or all those wonderful things that you probably talk about. With your oh, client. yeah. Anxiety um, management, dealing with power yeah. struggles, managing temper mm-hmm. tantrums, having that combination of structure and emotional responsiveness, like, you know, that regardless of what modality you're using, you know, we all, all clinicians have a goal of supporting parents and kids, at, you know, of, of where they're at and building on their strengths. Mm-hmm. So we go about it a little differently, but I think we all work together. And so far, we've actually had some opportunity to short sort of like you might be working for example with one child and I might be working with the parents on co-parenting if they're experiencing a separation or divorce which is you know their co-parenting effectiveness or non-effectiveness is impacting that child's well-being and then you're supporting the child and maybe adjusting to changes and things like that so even though the practice Egan counseling and consulting we don't exclusively work with families who are going through separation or divorce. That is, you know, as the years go by, definitely a big focus of mine. And I know when you were coming on board, like you were intrigued by that. That was something that you wanted to learn more about. You're looking forward to seeing some upcoming like depositions and and hearings that I'm a part of and, you know, testify for and kind of learning what that process looks like. You have been doing some collaboration and just connecting with other play therapists who specialize in this population. So I'm digging the fact that I'm going to have some support with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's great to be able to work collaboratively with someone so we can really help the family as a whole. Because a lot of times, like I cannot provide that co-parenting support that you can. And so it's hard, you know, even when I was practicing before this as an intern, I, you know, there'd be parents going through something and because I was working with the child, I couldn't support the parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice to have you here or even Lacey here to help so we can really address the whole family system and support the family as a whole by working with the individual, I don't want to say parts of the family, but you know, I'm working with a child, you're working with the parents, or maybe Lacey's working with another child. So we can really just help everyone in one location, which is so nice because we can collaborate with parental permission, of course, but we can all collaborate together and try to help the family the best that we can. Yeah, I'm digging the team approach. I think it's really helpful Mm -hmm. for the family. And I think we've had such a positive response from parents so far where they really feel like, like nurtured and understand like, we're all working together to help them. And because especially with parents who are going through separation and divorce, it can be really isolating time. There can be times where if they have conflict with their co-parent, it can feel like like kind of next level single parenting. You have the type of single parenting in which you don't don't have another spouse or another co-parent in the home with you, but then you might have a high conflict relationship with your co-parent. So it actually feels like counter-parenting. And so that, you know, increases the feeling of isolation. And then there's the logistics as far as the kid's emotional response, or there could be changes in routine. Maybe one parent had to move 
out of the school district, our financial circumstances have really changed and there's a lot of grief involved. And so to be able to sort of surround these parents with, I don't know, just the compassion is, I think, really makes a difference. And, you know, I am a parent who's been divorced and went through a really difficult divorce. And I remember still, even though it's, you know, a dozen years later, the people who provided that kind of support, you're a child of parents who divorced, correct? Yes, that is correct. So you probably have a perspective. My parents were married for 44 years, so I did not have that experience until Mm -hmm. I was an adult with my own children. And you come with your own experience with divorce, but it's, you know, from a different perspective. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why I'm drawn to working with youth populations with children and especially interested in getting into what you're doing, that field of co-parenting and also bringing in the child aspect into that. Because as a child of divorce, I understood to some level that my parents were struggling and they're, you know, but as a child, you don't really understand that your parents aren't superhuman yet. So it starts, there's a feeling of, well, why aren't they paying attention to me? Where's, you know, the the time that we used to have together? Where is that support that I had? Where's that individualized problem solving that I used to get with them? All those things that you don't realize that you had until they're gone sort of a thing. And so that's why I'm so drawn to working with children is because I can provide that individualized attention in play therapy. I can provide that problem solving aspect. And what's amazing about play therapy as a modality is I'm not taking the spot of the parent. In fact, I'm just providing what that child's been missing while also working with parents to step in and take over for me. You know, maybe they just need a little bit of time to realign and get that support from someone like you or from family or friends, um, wherever it's going to come from. And then you know, we learn your child has grown. They, they need this attention. And here's how we can best support your child together, all of us. Um, so I just really wanted to kind of pay forward the support that I got as a child from when I went through therapy with my parents' divorce and really provide that same level of nurturance that you're talking about, but with someone else and, and especially knowing those feelings as a child, being able to help make that a little less distressing for someone else. Yeah. Plus those kids are just so cute. <laughs> they walk I'm, by I'll and they're sad. like, oh, they want to show you whatever stuffed animal they're carrying. Or they're mm-hmm. so impressed by the snacks we have at our office. Like that's a big hit. Yeah. And I love showing kids um, the flip phone toy that I have. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Lacey was just telling me that one of her clients found it because um, I left it in your office and mm-hmm. they found it. What is this? This little like flips and it's got only nine buttons. What is this? What does it do? And it's phone. They have no idea. It's so awesome. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. And I know we're we're kind of doing an office juggling dance right now because mm-hmm. we don't all have our own space fully fleshed out. And we have uh, the main thing, honestly, is the fact that we can't bring kids into the construction zone. Yeah. So like the front (laughs) part of the office is all construction. And then as you walk through the construction zone, we have it much more, we're getting there more polished, but we're just not in, you know, we got, I think we are, we're about a week out from having it be really safe for kids, you know, just not having a plaster dust everywhere and tools laying around and all of that yeah so we're getting very close though it's exciting I know and the I think yesterday I walked back and forth because the office is just across the parking lot so Mm -hmm. for current clients it is going to be just a minor adjustment as far as which parking space you park Mm -hmm. in and you know everything is going to it's going to be convenient for for our current clients but we can walk back and forth to, from the old office space to the new office space. So if one of us needs to meet with a client, you walk to the old office. And then when you're done, you get out of the other person's way and go over to the new office. And then I'm like, somebody help me put this chair together so we can see what it looks like. Yeah, we hate it. Let's pockets it back up. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> so, but it's coming along this weekend. I'm painting my office. So we can put the bookshelf in there. And yeah, I could obviously go along go on all day about the logistics of of the office space but now I do want to ask you so parents 
can hear this. So let's say someone goes to our website, which is www.egancounseling.com. And they're like, they look at our profiles and they're like, okay, Madison is probably going to be a good fit for my kid. I'm interested in play therapy. And then like all clients, they can schedule an intake with us right then from the websites. And so they can go click on your name, schedule an intake. It can be over Zoom and they can do it for, you know, 30 minutes. They can, if they feel like they have a lot to say and they want to make sure we have a really clear understanding of like the context around what their child is faced with, they might schedule an hour intake or, and they can, if they're doing an hour, they can do it over Zoom, they can do it in person. And then from there, they know about your service, they decide to go ahead. What happens then? So depends on what they're choosing. If they have a younger child who's looking for play therapy, what's going to happen is during the intake, I'll gather that background information, you know, What's your child like? Who is your child? Um, um, tell me a little bit about your family. What's the presenting uh, concern? And then, you know, I may suggest play therapy. After that, I do a separate parent session. So the child is not introduced yet, where we kind of really delve into what's their social life like? What's their performance in school like right now? What's their relationship with each of the family members? Really delving into the child's background. And then I want to know so much about the behaviors that they're coming in for. We talk about how long they've been happening for, how long they last, you know, if there's something that seems to precede the the particular behaviors. So we really get in depth and then we set goals. You know, what do you want your child to get out of therapy? What is something that you feel is important to work on with them? If there's a specific area of concern. After that wonderful session where I really get to talk with parents to really understand what their what their concerns are, then we move forward with play therapy. So that looks like 30-minute play sessions once a week, typically. It can be every two weeks just to get the full benefits of play therapy. We do recommend once a week just to keep it more regular, especially the younger the child. And then the first 30 minutes will be play and we'll have you know, we'll be in here doing the the nitty gritty work of playing, but also while, you know, building up those skills. And then the next 30 minutes will be with parents. The kids will still be in the room if that's just the way, you know, there's no one else to take care of the child during that 30 minutes. But we'll really talk about what's going on at home. What can I help you with? What is some parenting support that I can provide based on what I've learned from your child? And we'll start to impart those skills. And the more I get to interact with this child, the more I can understand and give more tailored feedback to the parents. And maybe it's worthwhile to go into and speak with someone at daycare. Maybe it's worthwhile to, you know, speak with grandma who also watches them on weekends. And so I'll coordinate those individuals who are part of the child's life to create a more cohesive uh, plan across all areas. So we can really support the child and, and helping them achieve their best self. And then eventually those parenting sessions might not be as necessary. Parents are feeling very supported. They're just, they're doing their thing. It's working, but the child's still moving through the stages of play therapy. And so maybe we shorten it to 30 minutes after a discussion. We just do play therapy and then we kind of do a parent check-in maybe once a month just to see how things are going. Um, So that's normally what play therapy looks like. I'm sure, you know, you've described what it's like to do an individual session. So I don't know if that's worth getting into. Well, I think that it's helpful for parents to understand what, you know, that what to expect, you know, when they they reach Mm -hmm. out for a service. And really, until I got to know you better to know more about just the logistical, like how you said, how the session time is set up, what can be expected, how it's a combination of really meeting the child where they're at and the parenting support. I think it's important for for parents to know, you know, sort of what they're signing up for, because mm-hmm. it is so much easier for parents to feel invested in, in an intervention when they understand it and just get to benefit from understanding what the experience their child is having, but then getting to learn those skills from you. So I just, I don't know. I think it's really important. Like when I'm describing like the co-parenting therapy or some of the parent coordination work I do or the individual therapy I do with kids or teens, I just find that there's more buy-in from parents when they know what to expect. So I I think it's going to be a fantastic resource. And I love the fact that it is responsive to 
what the child and the parent needs. Like it's not, it's, it's, they're sort of the best practice way of doing it. And it makes sense to me that kids would come weekly because especially when they're littler, because you don't want to have to reteach the same thing again. Like, oh, and I tell parents, like, we find want to find the sweet spot of meeting often enough where your child is progressing, like kind of as quickly as possible through learning new skills. But we don't want to meet so often that the kid's like, oh, I was just there, you know, where I don't have something new to say, or they haven't had enough time to practice the skill we worked on to have it become more familiar and automatic. So that's always like a constant conversation with the parents that I work with. And if we're doing something, for example, let's say we're developing a new bedtime routine. Well, okay, you're going away for two nights this weekend to visit grandma. So that means there's only a couple, you know, between now and when we meet, let's say we would meet weekly, you're only going to have like, you know, four or five nights at home. Like that's going to be really hard to develop a new routine in four Mm -hmm. or five nights. So let's meet the week after that, or let's meet in 10 days instead of seven days. And then there's other times where we're working on something where it is really important that we meet more often so that Mm -hmm. we can tweak it or we can make sure we're sending a message to the child that they're being supported, you know, right away. So there isn't, they're not experiencing like a sense of failure or frustration. So I like the fact that when it comes to, especially that parent support, you can bring it up a notch or you can pull back if things are going well and then continuing the process of doing the play therapy for the kids. I know right now with you and Lacey coming on board and us working so much with the team approach is if there is siblings and let's say Lacey's seeing a sibling and you're seeing a sibling. And I don't think this is something we're going to be able to offer forever just because as, as schedules fill up, But right now you're trying to support parents and not having to do a lot of like driving back and forth. And so if they have two children, you're doing your best to coordinate Lacey seeing the one child and you seeing the other child at the same time. So the parent isn't coming on Monday and then again on Wednesday. So like I said, it might not be something we can accommodate forever, but for now we can. So parents, I feel like have been really great about taking an advantage of the fact that we have that flexibility in our schedule. Absolutely. I think it's so great to be able to provide that service, especially because, you know, there's nothing worse than sitting with a four-year-old and them having to sit there and wait for an hour for their sibling to be done with therapy. So then they can I know, but we have so many fun toys and snacks. (laughs) I know, I know. Just to keep, just to keep it, you know, a little entertained. Yeah. But it can be tricky for parents to, to do that also while, you know, maybe catching up on work or doing something else. So it's just nice to have that. Also, the parent gets an hour or so to themselves. I do want to kind of go back and, you know, what you were talking about with tailoring the approach to the parent and the child, what they need. I think it's important to kind of talk about why the session is 30 minutes. Um, Oftentimes it's for child's attention spans um, Mm. because kids can't process everything that we're doing for too long, especially the younger you get, the faster you lose them, as I'm sure every parent understands. Yeah. Um, and so what can happen is, especially as child, children are older, what, what can happen is we will set them at 30 minutes, but then say a kid comes in and it's just, it's the worst day ever. And they're playing and it's just, there's so much going on emotionally, even in the play, or maybe they're really verbalizing it. What we can do, because we have that hours set aside, is we can kind of bump the parenting part mm-hmm. out a little bit. And say, you know, that child uses 45 minutes of the session that day. And then we only do 50 minutes of parenting. We still need more. We can do it the following week or we can set up another parent consultation. But it allows us that flexibility to really respond to what the child needs. Additionally, with those 30 minutes of play, it's important because while you do very, you do very concrete skills building, what the play therapy provides is, is a little bit more under the surface. It's modeling the behavior. You're teaching communication by showing communication. You're teaching about boundaries and limits by discussing boundaries and limits during play. Mm -hmm. So it's very intrinsic learning. It's very experiential in that sense. So that's why it both takes a little bit longer in terms of the number of weeks you may be doing it. So on average, we see about four to five weeks of play therapy. But also that's why you don't want it to go too far past 30 minutes because as um, the, the phrase that's coming to mind is uh, the message can get lost in the sauce. Like oh, you just yeah. 
booze it's lost in the gumbo or, or whatever it is and yeah um, I don't you know. know that phrase that seems southern but I believe you <laughs> no, so I want to I have a southern phrase that you don't know <laughs> <laughs> well I wanted to clarify you because you said four to five weeks but I think you meant to say four to five months yeah. right okay just making sure I love the fact that you are taking into account the attention and it's interesting because in the co-parenting therapy that I do one of the things um, I offer parents is they can do like a 60-minute session, a 75-minute session, or 90-minute session. And one of the criteria I have is to encourage parents to think about what their level of tolerance is, whether it's either for kind of the number of words, right? I call it word count. Like sometimes we have one parent who's like, their word count is done at 60 minutes. Like that's it. It doesn't matter how many topics need to be discussed. They're done. And so I tell parents, like, think about what you're equipped to handle. So sometimes it has to do with just sort of being on and having to be so like, on because their body is on such high alert during co-parenting sessions, because you're trying to like, you know, there's emotions, maybe you're quick to like be triggered or angered. You don't want to say something foolish or something you regret in front of the co-parenting counselor. So it's just like your, your body's just in a hyper vigilance mode. And so I tell parents, like, I'm aware that you're experiencing that. And it's okay to know what your limit is as far as how long you can do a session. And so I tell them that. And then I also have them factor in, you know, their attention, their ability to sit still and, you know, their stress level if they need to step away from work or something like that. So it's funny because you're saying that as far as being responsive to the kid and their tolerance as far as how long, but I have that same conversation with parents. And sometimes I see you know, I have a parent who taps out mentally at 50 minutes. And so they'll, let's say the other parents like, well, let's do a 75 minute one. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. And I can say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I feel like if we go longer than 60 minutes, it has the potential to not be productive or be frustrating or to have there be some sort of escalation in poor communication. And so I can kind of set that boundary. So I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I do that with kids too, but it's so relatable to adults. Oh, for sure. I, I feel like parents or adults in general, we, we think that we're so different from children when really we just have a little bit more cognitive capacity than kids mm-hmm. do, but we still have all the same feelings we had as a kid. We still have all the same impulses we did. We're just better at managing that mm-hmm. as we get older. Most um, of us. Most <laughs> of us, yes. But yeah, with kids, it's it's so interesting because the play is kind of like what you were saying. They, they tap out at a certain point. It's just too much. There's too many words for kids. It's it's a very emotional process to go through play therapy because it's not like the play that you do at home. And the whole point is to exercise those emotions through play. And so some kids, I mean, some kids are just like, I want to go home. And it's like, mm, yeah, maybe we try for another five minutes or, you know, we'll, we'll try to make sure that we get the most productive session we can. But sometimes kids will be like, I, I want to go home. And it's like, you know what? You did a lot of emotional work today. You did a lot of great, uh, made a lot of great progress. You um, were very productive with your time here, even though it may not seem like it was very productive from an outside point of view, uh, because a lot of times parents ask, well, what did you do in therapy today? Well, we just played, but they're also not really just play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, the just to the child is not what's reflected in play therapy. It's, it's, you know, they actually exercise their feelings in relation to their parents' separation. There was a lot of play surrounding that today because that's what happens is what is going on in a child's world will be reflected in their play, which mm-hmm. as a play therapist, we're, we're trained to kind of observe that and react accordingly and support the child while they're going through those emotions, just kind of like what you would do with adults. But it's so interesting that you mentioned the, the 50 minute tap out because sometimes some kids they also have that short attention span, but sometimes it's, you know, they're just, I want to go home and play video games or I just want to go home and play my iPad. But it's like, well, let's try for five more. Because sometimes kids are emotionally done. They're like, I can't do this anymore. I got to go home. I got to go take yeah. a nap. Well, and sometimes we have to factor in, you know, have they had a long day at school? Are they taking medication for, let's say, ADHD and it's, it's wearing off? Are they coming at a time where they're really hungry? And so as, as the clinician, we need to look at those variables and see how it impacts. Like sometimes with mm-hmm. parents who have children who are taking ADHD meds, I'll say, you know, 
like, let's schedule a session for a time when the medicine is still working because they are likely to be more participatory. Other times, it could be important to schedule a session for a time that their medication is not in their system. So either I can observe what that looks like so I can give some parents some meaningful suggestions about how to manage that time. Or, okay, well, I saw them two sessions back to back, one with meds and one without. And is there actually like a discernible difference? So there's a lot of information that we want to collaborate with parents on to get the best or like the most effective use of our time together. And it can look different. I know with parents, I do a lot of observations, like, you know, school psychologists, school professionals, we're very reliant on doing these observations with kids. And so I go into schools, into homes, into daycares, and parents will be like, oh, they didn't act like naughty while you were there. Like it was a waste. And I'm like, oh goodness, I got to see so much about their developmental level, how they, you know, regulate their body, how they interact with materials, how they respond to adult directions, how they interact with peers. Um, Do they advocate for themselves? Are they showing signs of fatigue? What are their motor skills? Like they don't have to be like the, the version that's most stressful for parents for me to understand and get insight about what their strengths are and where their challenges are. So, and I do think parents, when that's explained to them, they like totally get that because they know how yeah. much they observe in their kids, even when their kids aren't at their best or their their least best. So I feel like you're really speaking to that holistic perspective that I love so much. You know, you go all the way down to their brain chemistry with medication or ADHD, and that and that's just one aspect of the world. Then you zoom out to school and you're zooming out to family to friends and you're really taking into consideration what is everything that is affecting this child and one thing you mentioned which you talked a little bit about is the you know are they hungry after school that's one of my favorite things and it's such a little thing but one of my favorite things about coming to work with you is that you had the snack station set up because that is so unbelievably real for so many children and you know it could be right before dinner or it could be right after school or it's just they were really active today and they're starving. And you do not see a lot of practices that offer food for whatever reason. I But I love that here at Egan Counseling and Consulting, we do have that option to support kids really as much as we can in a holistic fashion. Not just, we don't just care about you when you're in the room. We care about you as you're coming in the door and as you're leaving, trying to support you the best that we can. Even if that is just, a snack or a juice. Yeah, we're, we're really, I think, with this new office space, able to be really responsive to, you know, safety things. We had a, you know, we, the the uh, company that was in that space before us, they left two TVs, like, remember, attached to the wall. Mm-hmm. And I think it was my husband. He's like, oh, are you going to leave the TV in the waiting room so the kids can watch it? And I was like, no, like, that's not what they're here for. They, you know, they would have a hard time separating. We have siblings who com- would come in and squabble over what's on the TV. You know, like we want kids, even though we want them to feel like warm and nurtured and like you said, be able to get those snacks, have a nice clean bathroom to use. And, you know, we we are really interested in safety. Like we make sure there's no wires that are out or that there aren't any toys that little kids could swallow. You know, all of those things we try to think of right down to the nitty gritty. So we want it to be this comfortable space. We also want everybody to be in the mindset that we're like doing good work together. So I am glad that that is something that you've noticed and appreciated because I feel like we've worked really hard to think about those details and you and Lacey bring perspective to it, you know, from your experiences that just allows us to think bigger and better for all of it. One thing that I really like about our new office is how you've really tailored every aspect to a client's needs down to the colors of this. That's a lot of discussion. (laughs) aware. Yeah. We talk so much about colors, which is so fun, but we also talk, you know, is this going to be too energetic for this space? Or, you know, is it going to be overstimulating to, to look at, is it going to be, you know, with the TV, is this something that's really going to benefit our clients? One of the things that I think is really wonderful about the practice and specifically about you is you consider every detail, everything, you know, down to the, the painting that's going to be at the end of the hallway by the bathrooms. I'm planning on it being a cow. And you explain it to me so you could say, oh, just go, just go towards the cow. And that's where all the bathrooms are. Mm-hmm. And it's just that just the smallest little things that can make a difference of, you know, so a kid doesn't get anxious trying to find the bathrooms, especially when they need to go, especially if they're undergoing potty training, 
something is just down by the cow. Just go find the cow. Every kid mm-hmm. knows what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and one thing that I know Lacey and I were really, you know, not that we were pushing for it because we were already in the same mindset, but one yeah. thing we were all very adamant about was putting all gender bathroom signs yes. in our practice because we want to have an inclusive space for everyone. That is one of my number one goals is to create a comfortable and maybe not comfortable because sometimes discomfort can be okay, but a safe environment yeah. for all of our clients where they all feel accepted and valued. And that's just one little thing that we can do to help anyone who walks through our door. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about the materials, like the, you know, the velvet couches that kids mm-hmm. find to be so soothing. You know, Lacey has that pillow on her, um, on her couch where you can like move. I can't even think of what it's called, but sequins. it looks, yeah, sequins and you feel it and then mm-hmm. changes color, you know, the, the places like where kids can know where to find toys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always have a blanket in my, on the back of my sofa and kids, there's some kids who come in and they pull it right over them and it makes them feel safe. You know, kids like to take off their shoes and, you know, be able to, to climb around on the furniture. And so all of it is meant to be kid friendly, but still like really professional you know, really put together. It is a private pay service. I mean, we we're not part of insurance panels. You know, parents are, even though they can get reimbursement through insurance by, you know, we provide a super bill and the appropriate documentation. If parents want to submit it as an out of network benefit, then we want to do that. We want to make it as accessible as possible. But I'm aware that there's some parents who are like, hey, this is part of our budget. Like this is something we're allotting you know, in our financial life to make sure our kids have access to this. And so I want parents to come in and and really feel the work that we're doing. In fact, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't want them to feel it. I want them to walk in and just know it feels good. And even if they don't exactly know why, but we have talked about like, okay, when we've looked at like artwork, we want to put on the wall. How is that going to make this person feel? Does it feel stressed out? Does it feel warm and inviting? Is it something that's vibrant and causes, you know, kind of more alertness? And, you know, we, we've talked about kind of the, the front of the office and the waiting area being a little bit more like vibrant and stimulating. And then we've talked about the back offices, like our therapy offices being more of a calm and relaxing place, you know, so it's cool. We're lucky. And even with play therapy, I know I'm going to have toys everywhere, but I'm, Tara's probably heard so much about how I want to make sure the space is balanced because I don't want my teenage clients to feel alienated and feel like they're out of place or like they might be treated like a child when they come into my office. So I want it to look put together and still very, not very adult, but you know, a comfortable space for someone who doesn't consider themselves someone who might play with dolls, but yeah. also somewhere that a kid can come in and go, oh yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And just yeah. feel like, yeah, there's toys everywhere and they yeah. can have a blast while also doing the productive work that's going to get them to the goals that, you know, both their parents and they have set for themselves. Yeah. Oh, I could talk about this all day. I do have a <laughs> client appointment though in 10 minutes. <laughs> so, okay. Anything, I mean, I'm trying to feel, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to mention. I know we've kind of talked a lot about ourselves, but I hope that our audience has learned more about what play therapy is you know, the different types of modality, like not only that we offer, but just clinicians generally, because there's plenty of people who are listening right now who don't live near Charlotte, they're not going to come to our office, but they might have an office near their town that offers some of the, you know, services we do, or they're going into an office space and they're saying, okay, does this feel good? Does this feel like it's providing the nurturing and support that that we need. And I tell parents all the time, like therapists are kind of like boyfriends. There's a lot of really good ones, but you don't want to marry them all. So same thing with therapists. Like we can recognize that there's a person who is a great therapist, but it doesn't mean they're the best fit for your, your kids or your family. And it's okay to keep persisting till you find the one that's the best fit. So, you know, here in Charlotte, we hope that we can be a, a best fit for, for a lot of families but we're also really respectful of the fact that sometimes, you know, for example, somebody has, you know, significant substance abuse problem. If there is, you know, an eating disorder in that family, if there is really significant trauma outside of the the life changes and adjustments that our clients typically see, like 
there's just certain domains that at this point, whether we add in clinicians or we continue to enhance our training, that are going to make us not the best fit for certain clients. And we're going to always be upfront about that and do our best to connect clients with somebody out there who is the best fit. Well, I appreciate you being here, Madison. I'm going to tell our audience, Madison Gabriel, you can find her profile on our website, which is www.egancounselingandconsulting.com. You just click on Madison and you can read more about her. And if you're interested in scheduling an intake, you can do that. And then if you're here in Charlotte, you know, consider us, stop by, see our new place, you know, and we're going to keep connecting with colleagues and make sure that, I don't know, that we're still, we're, we're a really meaningful part of the mental health team in Charlotte. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And if anyone also has any questions about play therapy, maybe, you know, they're not interested in services at this time, but they just want to learn more about what it is. I'm happy to provide whatever resources I can. Awesome. Well, I know your 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 plan this fall is to do some professional development around town with daycares and elementary schools and parent groups and things like that. So if you do, if you are listening and you're part of a school, a child care center or a parenting group and are interested in having Madison come and talk about some of these issues that we see so common in children, or you want to learn more about play therapy, you know, let us know, give us a call. We definitely do provide that service. We have a whole bunch of stuff set up already. But it's a really great way for people to get to know us with, if, if, even if they're not ready to make uh, an appointment. All right. So everyone out there, we are in season six of One Day You'll Thank Me. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram to see who the upcoming guests are, to be able to connect with what's happening with the office or any new offerings we have as far as services. And keep tuning in. We appreciate you being here. Thank you.